0: super gay. I'm Nito Kitchen. tonight on the A Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we look at Surge of Power, the first gay superhero movie. And as we know, my co-hosts are already super, thanks for asking. But for the first time ever, we're going to learn their secret identities. First up, she can leap over assholes in a single jump. It's Amelia.
1: I don't think you realize how perfect that is for what I'm about to say. Um, (laughs) Hi, my name is Amelia, or as I'm better known, uh, Super Dee from Dexter's Laboratory. I'm here to do high kicks and fuck shit up, and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram.
0: Next up, why do so many superheroes secretly work at newspapers? It's Ro.
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Ro. But my superhero friends call me the Incredible Camp. <laughs> and I fight crime with a nine-foot scarf that I knit in high school. <laughs> Does my outfit have <laughs> assless chaps? Who knows? Maybe. And you can find me on Susqueen Row. Twitch.tv slash <laughs> surge power
0: is the first of currently three movies including revenge of the sequel surge of dawn as well as a doctor who tribute short and the youtube city's big city chronicles as a disclaimer okay
2: that makes sense that makes so much sense sorry
0: as a disclaimer i have to say that i have not only been to the online screenings of the movies i also won a surge t-shirt and a trivia contest so um i i am i i'm So cool. <laughs> but every hero has an origin story, and that means that it's plot time. So join us as we learn how Surge became Surge. And get out if you don't want to do that. I don't know if I can. Um, Gavin is a mild-mannered lawyer whom, after an accident in a lab, is given superpowers. He takes to the street to dish out some vigilante justice, but soon realizes he'll have to start taking his new gifts seriously if he really wants the stuff of heroes. Serge wasn't the only person in the accident. Hector, a bitter scientist, is also given powers that basically make him Magneto. How neat. Oh. As Hector, aka Metal Master, robs the city to create an evil device, it's up to Serge to stop him and his evil scheme and save the kidnapped young man before it's too late. Okay, so this is the first gay superhero movie. What did y'all think?
2: Um, Very gay. um you you know that thing where it's a low budget gay movie and they want to like drill in the fact that it's a gay movie so like even the extras that they hire are gay yeah that's this movie
0: (laughs) i think you mean extra there is only
2: one (laughs) <laughs> there is one extra and a multitude of fake mustaches.
1: Oh, those were so great. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just about to say, bouncing off of what Rose said, this is so gay in a way that only a movie from the early 2000s can be.
0: Do you think this is gayer than Nightmare on
2: Old Street 2?
1: That's a different type of gay. <laughs>
2: that's a yeah that's like like angsty like like internally gay this is like club like circuit gay this is circuit gay our main character is a circuit gay
0: i feel like there are there are so many superhero (laughs) origin stories now that we're kind of numb to them in general uh but how do you think this one does in the grand scheme of things I know Amelia has seen every single Marvel movie at this point.
1: Sorry, hold Alice. on, I missed that. My Bluetooth, for some reason, kicked off of the thing. Oh, so-
2: yeah, NATO was just telling us about how you've seen so, so many Marvel movies.
1: Yes, I have sat through every single none of them. So as far, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so as, far as origin stories
0: go, compared to like the Marvel movies... Uh, How do you think this one does?
2: Um, This, honestly, it feels like a really, really low-budget Spider-Man reskin. He goes to the science guy's laboratory, some accident happens, and all of a sudden he has superpowers. It's not... He didn't get bit by a radioactive spider. He knocked over, like, a lava lamp or something. (laughs) And now he has push-pull power (laughs) i had my favorite uh... and
1: a wiggling nose that can detect when people are coming
2: yeah he has he has the bewitched nose
0: and he can also tell when something's like how charged something is yeah
2: it all has to do with like electricity he got bit by
0: by a radioactive electricity
2: yeah, he got bit by a radioactive electricity, and now he can push things and melt holes in metal. Um,
1: but he can't handle dance music.
2: But he, which is really ironic, because he's a circuit gay, as we've already mentioned. I identify
0: with that weakness. I'm just gonna put that out there. My weakness is also dance music because if you've seen me dancing, you know, yeah, it's not pretty. It, it looks like I have kryptonite at my ass.
2: Um. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what a circuit gay is, think like white party and like lots and lots and lots of Molly.
0: So not now, not a gay that works at Circuit City
2: because
0: I know a few of those.
2: No, it's not. It's very much not. Now, if, if you were
0: um, if you did work at Circuit City and you were gay, could you call yourself a circuit gay?
2: No, I think you would have to call yourself a Circuit City gay. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah,
2: like everything about this guy's story screams kind of like Spider Man, like minus the absence of like the Uncle Ben tragedy. tragedy. Even because as- he's got that boss that's like weirdly anti-superhero he shoots to string the from the point his, that it's his, starting to affect his health he shoots silly string his gauntlet. from his gauntlet <laughs> he, yeah he has a gauntlet that shoots silly string he um uh, <laughs> he has science buddies that speak in really large science words so you know there's really serious science going on <laughs> like
1: protons and electrons
2: oh my and Negatrons. <laughs> you need to... <laughs> you need to reverse the Neutron flow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so,
0: okay, so but like...
1: Oh, sorry, go on.
0: No, you go
2: on.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, in regards to the boss, did it feel to either of you like the writer of this screenplay had some beef with, like, a Lord of the Rings fan at some kind of, like, a Comic-Con or something? And, like wrote this movie out of spite because <laughs> it felt oh absolutely a bit.
2: <laughs> absolutely because all the bad guys speak in like lord of the rings quotes <laughs> what did this movie come out after a, lord of the rings one there's a lot
0: of references in general in this movie to be fair like we have the original right this, we have luthering the whole uh they basically I would say a good 60% of the dialogue is just references to comic book and movie media.
2: Right. They spent like the first third of the movie hinting that Uhura from Star Trek was going to be in the movie. Like <laughs> um <laughs> like everybody's talking about omen this and omen that and he calls his dad and his dad mentions star trek and like saving star trek or whatever it's like the whole time they're like advertising that this movie was made by a bunch of nerds and oh by the way guess who we spent all our budget on
1: (laughs) surprise bitches you know what surprise I'm okay. I'm okay it, it with wasn't
2: that. it i'm okay with that actually they spent the budget on the costume in the car can, that's what they spent can, the can we on. just talk about
0: um I, I have this in my notes too and i think it's important for uh people who are going to make their own costumes in the future um leather is probably not the best costume for a superhero uh or vigilante it looks cool but too much padding can make you look like an action figure, which is one of the things that happens <laughs> a few times. And also
2: leather's like thick. It gets sweaty. Yeah
0: like we're, like uh, uh, for Amelia, Pinhead's costume was latex, but it looked like leather, but it was easy to move in. It breathed well, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, and it was easy to remake because it had like a mold, except for I guess like the last one they did before the remake that's coming up i think that one was like a different mold or something um but uh yeah uh leather looks cool great at leather clubs probably not the best thing for movability if you're going to be in a fight um oh right and you know it's going to be squeaking
2: all over the place
0: oh yeah yeah unless you've like worn it a bit which you know this film takes over maybe a week total
2: yeah, there's no way he was gonna have the time to break in a completely new leather uh, battle suit,
0: unless he just like worked around the clock on it. Like, but <laughs> if he went to work in it, um, so uh, superhero movie, uh, we kind of associate this certain part of uh, superhero mythos with campiness sort of like uh you know in a way like the, the 70s and uh 70s 80s 60s with the adam west batman and you know the mm-hmm. dynamic duo you know when batman and robin were like uh cartoon and uh hooking up with uh sh- well not hooking up but you know just like uh, hanging out with shaggy Uh, and the gang and stuff Uh,
2: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) you know when things were when things were a little less serious like before we got to like batman the animated series Mm -hmm. and stuff uh
2: and in that sort of sense doesn't it like absolutely make sense that someone would eventually want to make a gay superhero movie yeah because like gays are camp superhero yeah gays are camp um the stuff that gay people like is pretty camp. Uh superheroes stories have always been camp. Um
0: <laughs> until like the 90s 80s and 90s.
2: Oh yeah, um when shit got like serious and dark. And... I am I mean <laughs> you can not you can't even say that like like I... you know how like gay the Tim Burton Batman movies were. <laughs>
0: okay, I'm just going to say this. This is a spoiler <laughs> for like a future one. But um, there, the Surge of Dawn is where the Surge movies get gritty. Ooh, gritty Surge! Exciting. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's a perfect yeah. fit to have like a campy gay superhero as a throwback to like uh, the, the camp years for superheroes. But I kind yeah. of my criticism is that I
2: feel like it wasn't can't be enough in a way i mean they they chose their moments you you could definitely tell like doing the diana prince wonder woman costume spin the batman pole (laughs) at the end of the movie that like yeah having the um (laughs) and then the cape (laughs) falling and having like like, everybody in the movie, like, be acutely aware that, like, exactly what is happening is a very cliche superhero story. Um, I think, you know, even at the, its worst, this movie was kind of set up to be at least, like, pretty good, just because of, like, how perfectly, like, formed an idea of a gay superhero even is in the first place
0: (laughs) you know what i mean to be fair i think they did like everything they could and packed it in with as much as they could when it comes to like references uh you know uh attempts at jokes um special effects within the limits of their budget it's it feels like a very budget conscious film like they knew how much they could actually like spend on it without going over budget, oh and, yeah, and they like yeah. stuck to that, which isn't a bad thing, it just kind of like um no i I hate saying this, but it's like, but the see- I think the sequel you'll you will find is
2: superior, <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope we watch it like I actually really enjoyed this movie, <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> um let's Um, talk about let's no yeah you could like as far as the budget goes you really could tell that like they picked the elements that were important that they knew were gonna have the most impact and they sank their budget into that like the car and the costume and you know the guest star (laughs) And,
0: and speaking of you know the car and the costume and the elements and the powers uh do you think that his powers are versatile enough uh, to take down other villains?
1: I don't necessarily think so. Um, I think that they almost got to the point where they were, but they needed to go a little further with it, right? I think it would have been really cool to like, kind of see him be a little more proficient in like some some kind of fighting, like physical fighting. Maybe dance fighting during the dance music, if that's like what his kryptonite oh, is. Yeah. You know, he starts like rave dancing or shuffling or something with arms to like beat people up and still like has some kind of a backup plan. Because I felt like the way that it was in this movie, where it was just either the silly string or like the weird energy thing coming out of his hands, like, it, you know, that leaves a lot of room for like not being able to fight people. <laughs>
0: Can I just say it, now? He's I really circ-
2: want. He's a circuit game, Amelia. Really. He's got to dance till dawn. I w- I exactly. Wanna
0: someone, I want to see someone get beat up by the by da- by uh, someone dancing the Carlton.
1: Oh my <laughs> God! Yes, can you imagine? Punch! Punch!
2: Punch! <laughs> it's not unusual to be punching anyone. <laughs> um... If we can't put that in because of copyright reasons, then I don't think the audience will never know what they'd miss. I think you're fine. Um, I there
0: think
2: are we have uh... quite a few um, uh,
0: recognizable characters in this movie, um, even though they were not named what you would think they would be named. Uh, I'm trying to say this the nicest way I can. It's like in Times Square how they have like costume people who are supposed to be one person, but then they refer to themselves as like Flelmo, um and uh, uh Monster. Off brand. Yeah. <laughs> Guider Man. They had like the silkworm in here. Um, yeah. Wombat.
1: Wombat and pigeon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know, wombat doesn't have any superpowers. <laughs> he just has gadgets <laughs> and a young sidekick with whom he lives in a mansion. <laughs> with whom he lives in a mansion with their butler. <laughs> oh, he lives in a... Ma- like, li- I wa- I, wonder who that could be. He lives in a McDonald's. <laughs> it's, if it's obviously, it, it's obviously wombat <laughs> and pigeon, you guys. <laughs> You guys! It's Wombat and Pigeon! <laughs>
0: uh, I'm... <laughs> so, so, this is actually... Uh, this is actually one of the things that like was in my notes. As kind of, kind of, So, the plot device of this movie is that we are actually experiencing this story as someone who has never read or even heard about Surge is reading it for the first time. Apparently the story of surge of power is a very rare story and a very obscure um and he finds that a comic convention uh when he's looking for something and the guy at the stall not the bathroom stall but like the comic book stall is like oh you should try this um and so my question is a does this setup add enough to this to the story to really drive it because we get three of them uh the first time i think three or four uh the first time is when he starts reading the second time he complains that like nothing that nothing interesting is happening and then he ends up like taking it with him um to like finish and i think the fourth time which might be a separate time is uh when he goes back and asks for like uh, another like the sequel or something which apparently is even rarer um
2: but my main question th- go ahead yeah i i would say i do like the con setup um i think it's interesting to show how like most most people interact with you know people who are interested in the things that they are interested in um and the shot of him kind of just walking around the con at the end was kind of neat it felt it had a kind of documentary feel to it which is like not this movie at all but my main question interesting to see
0: my main question though because that's not really my community in a way because claustrophobia yeah um agoraphobia um is like if you have something really obscure and rare would you just like put it in with the other comics you have if you were like yes. selling comics yes you That's, wouldn't I mean... like you wouldn't like highlight it or something or have it like in like a, a glass case or something not necessarily I
1: think... I, I feel like a lot of the times when I've found, like, really rare stuff, it's it has just been, like, kind of digging through, like, uh, a box at a convention, whether it's, like, DVDs yeah. or vinyl. I don't collect comic books, so that person with comic books specifically, I haven't had that experience, but, like, with other stuff typically, yeah, I'll just find, like, super rare stuff, like, in the middle of everything else.
2: Oh, <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of, like... It's like a collector's romance, you know what I mean? To be digging through a pile of worthless trash and mm-hmm. find, like, a nugget of pure gold I guess... or, like, a diamond, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, that's not a criticism <laughs> for me,
0: it's just, like,
2: something I'm not used to, so I wanted... Uh... Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, if you, if you don't, like, actively, like, go out to, like comic book stores or like even like record shops stuff like that to really go like digging and looking for like the things that nobody else would think to look for mm-hmm. then it, it, i i can see how that would not be a relatable experience but like um it's definitely like like i said it's the collector's romance you know yeah to like to like dig through a pile of shit and then just be like is it wait isn't this isn't this that and they'll be like yeah i guess it is that (laughs) you're like it gives you like a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i recognized it and i found it and like i i saw its true worth
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: But you probably
0: have to, like, dig through, like, a lot and a lot and a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and, and so, even if you have and, it,
2: like, and, wrapped in plastic and on the display, usually, well, like, the people who don't know, like, even if they're looking at it, they won't know, you know? So you can, like, <laughs> so it on it, like, maybe it doesn't matter if it's, like, in a stack kind of hidden away or like wrapped in plastic and put on a wall like you have to know what you're looking for
0: well my actually good transition that i was going for was (laughs) um um we actually do have a lot i can't even do it now that cross that question scrapped um uh let's talk aesthetics for a minute uh so serge's colors are blue and silver which is a pretty good combo that play off of each other um what do you think of sort of like the look and the feel of not just uh, Surge but this film as a whole?
1: I actually liked it. Uh I I liked that Surge was so into having the cape. Um, oh yeah. As somebody that doesn't isn't like super well versed in superheroes, right? And like superhero movies and stuff. Like to me, it made him, like, easily recognizable as a superhero. Like, if I were to see just, like, a Black Widow poster, right? Um, Or, like, uh, I don't know. The other superhero poster. Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't immediately, like, as somebody that isn't super, like, knowledgeable about superheroes, I wouldn't necessarily recognize them as superheroes. I feel like with Surge, I, like, instantly visual cues with the cape and everything, I'd be like, that's supposed to be a superhero.
2: Right. It's it's one of those, like, instantly pin-downable yeah. things. Like, you <clears throat> see the cape, you see the mask, you see the skin-tight suit. That person is a superhero. Mm -hmm. okay so (laughs) you know what i mean but
0: what go with me for a second but what if surge was more like bible man
2: Bible man. bible man i'm gonna have to bible... look that up right quick oh okay <laughs> because <Bible theme superhero. laughs> there is a catholic el-
0: there is a catholic element and a catholic uh... yeah
2: there's a weird christian element to this movie. yes what the fuck was that about <laughs> okay okay first of all jesus is a meta human confirmed <laughs> that robe he's wearing that's a cape Jesus was a superhero, Uh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Also,
1: uh, fun fact, apparently my boyfriend's family loved Bible Man. Loves Bible Man? Yeah. But.
0: I have put Bible Man into the chat. (laughs) To be fair, to be fair. What (laughs) is this? Bible Man.
2: What is this?
1: We must watch this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I care to <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I can actually answer um, I believe uh, Vincent J. Roth who plays Serge of Power and is also the creator of the series is actually Christian himself so the inclusion of the iconography of the Catholic faith uh, was actually personal to him
2: well I guess it's kind of interesting to have like gay things and Christian things interact Mm -hmm. at all in this space.
1: That is one thing that I would have
2: have in in
0: this real fast. (laughs) When he goes down the pole, they should have had a ladder so it could be like Ladder days.
2: Uh,
1: Yes. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say, I do think that that was a missed opportunity Um. In this movie, like a huge one with the like kind of just having the faith thing in the background and not actually like maybe addressing it at some point in the movie. Like just giving him some kind of like a moral or like personal internal conflict around like that and being a superhero and maybe a choice he has to make or, you know, his own like sexuality. Like I would have liked to have seen something like along those lines. But I'm a big fan of, like, commentary and stuff in movies, so.
0: <laughs> so this movie came out in 2004, and now we have a lot more representation in the mainstream comics. And to be fair, yeah. there was representation back then as well. Uh, like, what are everybody
2: the, is gay now.
0: <laughs> what are the pros and cons of having a character like Serge as, as representation for gay heroes made by gay storytellers?
2: Um I don't know about cons. Um <laughs> Honestly, all I can think of is like how well the format like like I was saying earlier, the format seems to mesh so well with gay culture anyway mm-hmm. because of like how inherently campy um old superhero stuff and i guess new superhero stuff to a degree is anyway like it seems like it should have happened sooner and the fact that like surge is so obviously gay like made by gay people for gay people like you look at this movie and tell me that they didn't have a queer audience in mind when they made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this
0: is the gay deceivers like, or nine dead gay guys, where it just accidentally found a gay audience. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we didn't know it was gonna be this gay. Uh. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I agree with that. I think all the all the characters in this were authentic. You know, um, like none of it seemed overacting or like pushing the Contri- point, like contrived,
2: contrived by straight people. Yeah,
1: it it just it felt very organic. In you
2: know? fact,
0: there were no straight even people. the
2: even yes. the weird Christian bits like didn't feel contrived. Yeah, although like they were they were out of place, but they didn't feel like. It just
1: it just felt like that is who he was as a person,
2: right? It it felt like part of him, yeah. as a character. Um,
0: so I've been watching Ugly Betty again.
2: Um, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the final season.
0: Uh, they did this amazing thing where, like, in three episodes, they s- scrap four relationships um new record uh and then and then they top that because in one episode uh, they scrap they basically like scrap two relationships back to back but i think they're running out of things to do because once you've killed off someone's uh someone's uh uh, love with cancer like where do you go from there Do do they get like launched into space and lost there anyway so um what do you think was the strongest uh uh part of this movie or element
2: <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just like wasn't prepared for like like, more random Ugly Betty. Betty. <laughs> it's, all I get, it's, all, it's all I
0: do all day. I feel like my mother watching Spanish soap operas.
2: <laughs> I mean, I get it. I understand it. It's so awful. It's so trash. Um... <laughs> um so wait what was the question again what was what? the
1: strongest part of this movie i'm trying to like think
2: mm. or element, or element
1: yeah um,
2: i i honestly believe um personally and i'll keep this really short because i know amelia has an answer too but like <laughs> amelia has allocation. an answer amelia has an answer oh my god yeah. <laughs>
1: that's so rare
2: i'm 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 really talkative today (laughs) i just don't want to be speaking over people you know
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's always hard online
2: right yeah but like soft and i really think that i really think that this like the strongest impacts in this movie were made by like smart budget allocation Mm -hmm. and like spending the money on the car and spending the money on the suit to make sure that things looked real
0: well that's the (laughs) that's the the trauma mindset it's like you you put your money on like the big showstopper the monster you know yeah and yeah they really did put their money where it was needed um although one minor criticism uh the magnet helmet was not really needed
2: They glued a toilet seat onto that man's head.
1: I stick by what is said in my notes that I think it should have been a Viking helmet. With the magnet coming out as the horns.
2: That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. (laughs) Okay, what about you, Amelia?
1: Um, So I agree with that. I I do like the fact that the budget was well placed. Or like, used well, right? Um, I also like... I mean, obviously, it wasn't the best, you know, like, the way the story played out wasn't the best. Like, there was a lot of things that I would have maybe done differently or, you know, uh, cut in favor of, like, another element of the story that I think would have driven it forward or made it stronger, like, character development. Um, But with all that being said, like, at its core, I thought it was, like, an entertaining, fun story you know of like a superhero like comic book nerd that like uh becomes like the thing he's always like basically idolized right um and gets to go out and like kill the bad guys uh i think it would have been yeah i liked it and for wow, that reason. Kill,
2: kill the bad guys?
1: Is that what... I don't know what superheroes do. Okay, kill the... Some, yeah,
2: superheroes <laughs> deal specifically in murder. <laughs>
0: so, that, so that being said, what, what do you think the weakest part of the film was for y'all?
2: Mm, I want to say... In some parts... I, I kind of agree with amelia which what you were saying about like editorializing a little bit mm-hmm. like you could tell in some scenes that the dialogue was a little bit contrived like in the psychologist's office or um like sorry I dropped something onto the floor did, did, you, your did, your roll. did you roll anyway? is, is it your grinder? no it was, yeah it was like a coin hmm. um <laughs> but like like what i was saying um you could obviously tell that some of the dialogue felt contrived and like some of the like some of the plot advancement especially in the beginning was a bit heavy-handed and like it could have been editorialized to be better But at the same time, I think you can play off a lot of that with, like, like the kind of aesthetic you're going for. Mm -hmm. Where, like, those late 70s, early 80s superhero movies were, like, incredibly, like, low budget and campy. And I think those sort of moments, they kind of nailed on the head, but, like... Mm -hmm all the stuff in between could have been like brought up to that level. Yeah. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I agree with
1: them. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: What about you, Amelia? <laughs> yeah,
1: same. I would have, uh, I like pretty much what I mentioned in my other spiel about my best part is, yeah, I would have, you know, made some different editorial decisions and kind of driven the story forward a little bit. Uh, The psychologist was such a good opportunity that could have really had a conflict, like one of those early conflicts in the story um, and could have driven the story forward a lot. Because imagine if like after he's like danger to self or whatever, he ends up, you know, getting put into like some kind of a facility that he breaks out of and like goes to like, you know, fight crime or whatever.
2: Um, or you put the psychologist into like some life-threatening yeah. supervillain situation what, and he gets saved by this paranoid delusional patient what if, that he has who thinks he's a superhero with superpowers or whatever what if, yeah. what, if metal metal master, master, what if metal
0: master what if metal master kidnaps his shrink and he's like you have to choose between young guy and your shrink yeah get rid of the shrink oh, yeah. what
1: a terrible shrink right he really was what a was. terrible
2: shrink get rid of this shrink <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'll take the twink
1: <laughs>
2: um <laughs> give me jimmy olsen oh <laughs>
0: uh, well you guys you guys want to watch the sequel <laughs>
2: oh yeah yes. absolutely oh yeah absolutely I think I even said in my notes like I'm weirdly enjoying this like this is terrible but I love it
0: All
1: right. I still I, go ahead I, I was just going to say I still just really want to see the dance fighting <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah can we talk about how like bad the fight choreography is in this movie
0: they were on a budget <laughs>
2: Like it was definitely choreographed by somebody's high school drama teacher. <laughs> Snack. All Snack. right, now
1: punch into your hand for that smacking sound.
0: <laughs> I think it, I think part of the badness of the fighting was just like through, it, okay, so like like we said before, like uh, Serge's costume is padded, and so like you can kind of see him sort of like uh action figure in a way like with the joints and stuff because it looks like Mm -hmm. it's hard to move in so they probably had they probably had like um a little bit better choreography but they had to like uh get it down a little bit just because of movability um because let's face it like a metal master is wearing a flasher jacket and that's
2: about it like nothing's restricting his his movement (laughs) Except for that giant-ass toilet seat on his head. <laughs> I should have thrown that at Sir. Tell, tell me that wasn't a toilet seat. Go ahead. I'll wait. I thought it was a magnet.
1: <laughs> uh, it was definitely a magnet, okay?
2: Where do you think he got You're both wrong. Where do you think he... You're both wrong. He got that thing from a public bathroom and painted it. <laughs> <laughs> and also the metal master like <laughs> nobody could have thought of like magnetron or like <laughs> any like the metal master Ooh. they what about like that... neat magnet Ooh. Ooh. you see even that in like a gay movie context would have been better than that would have been
1: hilarious <laughs> and it totally would have tied in with that like yeah. the hot dog vendor and like i think there was another meat joke that was made in this movie
2: yeah what happened to that poor hot dog vendor i don't think <laughs> i don't think that ever got addressed <laughs> he fucked up one super villain's order and then paid the ultimate price <laughs> if there's, a metal... if there's a metal master is there a plastic sub I hope Goodness. so. I hope so. Let's
0: just, let's just let's just sum up this movie. Amelia. Did this movie franchi- did this movie scream franchise potential or just remind you of Halle Berry's Catwoman.
1: I would love to see a game Marvel universe, yes. <laughs> Give me this franchise.
0: <laughs> if if you're if you're a good girl, you might just do it. Um, <laughs> Surge of dawn was a crossover movie uh so universe is possibly forming um i
1: want to see an amazing spy uh silkworm movie okay
0: (laughs) bro did this movie soar like superman or flop like my fan fiction about superman
2: (laughs) um I think this movie soared like a cleverly disguised Superman knockoff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayakaPod. That's she-a-y-e-c-a-p-o-d. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitch. wishing you a super day. Later. Bye. You
2: know what? <laughs> You know what else this movie had? Alliterative names. Like way too many alliterative names except for the main <laughs> character. Yeah. And I don't know why I waited till the outro to say this, but it needed to be said. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>